Hey, welcome everybody. I'm Steve Huskin, the lead pastor here at Faith Church. And we just want to say, man, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you decided to join us uh, for one of our worship experiences. I know many of you are a Faith Church family. And while we can't be together here in one of our facilities, we're so glad that you're joining us. And not just you, but we know many of you are possibly joining us for the first time, just tuning in to check us out, to join us for a time of worship, and more importantly, to experience God's life-changing word together. We said every week that we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. We mean that no matter what you're going through, what your challenge is, what your heartbreak is, what your issue is, what your habit is, what your opportunity, we believe that if you'll invite Jesus into your life, it'll be the greatest decision that you've ever made. And uh, listen, before we jump into the message today, I just want to just give a shout out to all of you who are faith family, especially who are continuing to be generous to this house during these trying times. Again, God continues to allow us to have opportunities right here at home to meet some of the things that are happening because of the COVID outbreak. Not only that, but we're still meeting our missions partners, still making sure the gospel is being preached around the world. We still have a budget. We still have a building. We still have a staff. And we can only take care of all of those because, again, of your generosity. So I just want to encourage you, man, if you maybe think that there's a timeout, there's not, please jump in. Be generous. Let's support this house, and let's continue to allow God to use us to do more this year for the kingdom than we've ever done before. Well, listen, I want to jump into week two of the message in the series we started last week entitled The New Normal. Now, the new normal, you maybe have heard that phrase. It's a cultural catchphrase. It's, It's pretty hot out there, but if you're not familiar with it, here's the definition that we introduced last week. The new normal is what replaces the expected normal or the usual normal after an event occurs. What it means is is that oftentimes we find ourselves in life living at a certain lifestyle or living with a certain pattern or a certain habit, and something comes along, some event happens, and all of a sudden we have to shift and we start living a whole new normal. And we gave some examples of what that's like. You know, sometimes there are unfortunate things like maybe we lose a loved one. And we lose a loved one. We're not used to having them in our life anymore. We have to live a whole new life. We have to get used to not waking up to them, not living with them. And so all of a sudden, life, because of the event of death, we have a whole new normal. Sometimes it's the fortunate things in life that cause us to live a new normal. Sometimes it's having a baby, or sometimes it's it's going in a new direction with a new career. Sometimes it's getting married. Like those events cause us to live a whole new normal. But what we found out was that sometimes the new normal that we're embracing isn't normal at all. In fact, the event that many of us experience at some point in life are events like compromise, carelessness, and complacency that cause us to start living a new normal that is abnormal, right? Have you ever just woke up one day and looked around and you start asking yourself this question like, how did I get here? Right? Because of those events in your life, all of a sudden we're living in a broken marriage, And you look around and that's your new normal. Your new normal is the divorce life. Sometimes your new normal is living with financial stress and debt up to your eyes. Sometimes your new normal is like you're physically compromised. Sometimes our new normals are our relationship with God is is not where it needs to be or is not at all. And sometimes we find ourselves living in those new normals and we start asking ourselves the question again, hey, how did I get here? How did I end up in this place, in this miserable marriage? How did I end up financially bankrupt? How did I end up on a career path where I'm miserable? Again, it's this question that we looked at last week, how did I get here? And so we took some time and we looked into this guy by the name of Matthew. Matthew was one of the original 12 disciples of Jesus. 
But where we find him introduced into the timeline, into the story of Jesus, he's at this point not a disciple. He's a tax collector. In fact, here's what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Now you're reading that and you might say, hey, I mean, what's so, what's so bad about being a tax collector? And what we found out last week is that ultimately Matthew embraced this whole new normal that was not normal at all. Because in the first century, the Roman Empire was occupying the, the, all of the known world, but primarily the nation of Israel. And because Matthew was a Jew, basically he was, he was choosing Rome over home. He was basically betraying his friends and his family members and his whole entire extended family to take the side of Rome to take taxes on their behalf. And at some point he had to look at his career path. He had to look at the life he was living and he probably had to ask himself like, hey, how did I get here? How did I get to this place that I chose Rome over my friends and family? How did I get, this, get to this place that I'm, that I'm leveraging taxes over these people that I've known my whole life? How did I get here? And it's, it's so crazy to think, again, because we all wrestle with that question. We all wrestle with, how did I get here? Matthew wrestled with the question, how did I get here? And once you start asking yourself the question, how did I get here, when you realize maybe you're in a place or a stage of life that you've accepted is okay, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, this, this is not okay, you start asking another question. The other question isn't just how did I get here, but it's how do I get there, right? Like I'm not, I'm not happy here anymore. I, I, I want to believe better for my home. I want to believe better for my finances. I want to believe better for my relationship with God, but how do I get there? Practically, everything changed for that question all the way back in February 2005 because that's when Google Maps came out. Now, you won't appreciate Google Maps unless you're really geographically challenged as I am. Because in 2005, you could all of a sudden just type into a computer from point A to point B, and it would tell you, and you could print it out every turn you needed to make when you asked yourself the question, how do I get there? But I'm telling you, long before you ever had that, could ask Siri, you had to ask a stranger. Anybody remember that? Like, some of you are way too young to appreciate the angst of driving down the road wondering, hey, how do I get to my destination, and realizing you have to find a stranger on the side of the road, you had to pull over, strike up a conversation, ask them for directions, and trust that the directions they're giving you of how to get there is accurate. And uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just telling you all don't appreciate, thank you, Jesus, for Google Maps. Can we just take a time out and thank the Lord for Google Maps? You know, I, I remember it was really tough for me because especially if there were a lot of turns between where I was and trying to figure out how to get where I was going. It was always somebody who'd give you like 19 turns, and I could only remember like three at the best, which meant like every three, three turns, I had to find a new stranger to give the next three turns. Come on, thank you for Siri. No longer having to talk to strangers. But the reality is, think about this. Sometimes we hit this place in life where, again, we ask, how do I get there? How do I, how do I get to the place where... My, phys my physical life is changing. I'm getting healthy. How do I get to the place where my relationship with God is thriving? How do I get there? How do I get there? How do I get the marriage? Like my, my marriage isn't good, but how do I get there where it's healthy? How do I get there where my career's on path? How do I get there where I'm living a life that honors God? How do I get there? And basically, the, it's this idea, again, in the conversation of the new normal, how do I leave what I once thought was a new normal, and how do I get to the new normal God has for me? 
And so if you're taking notes, sometimes the new normal, this is so big, sometimes the new normal is what you settle for, and sometimes the new normal is what you strive for. Now think about that. When I say sometimes the new normal is what you settle for, like sometimes the new normal, it's very easy to get into a new normal. Sometimes getting in a new normal is very hard, right? Let me tell you the difference. Sometimes when you settle, all of a sudden, like, it's easy to gain weight. Anybody can gain weight. Like, I can gain weight talking about snacks and ice cream. So you can just just settle into life, and you can just find yourself in a bad marriage. You can just settle in and get comfortable and find yourself in a bad state of, of, of physicality. Sometimes you can just spend like there's no concerns. You can spend money like you have no budget. Sometimes you just settle into a lifestyle or a habit or a way of thinking, and all of a sudden, you just, you just settle into a new normal. It's easy to get into a new normal. But sometimes the right new normal, you got to strive for. Someone, you got you to strive. You got you to work to get physically healthy. You got to work to have a good marriage. You got to work. Come on, you have to work and put in effort and make sacrifices if you want to strive for the new normal God has for you. So I'm telling you, some of us have settled for new normals that aren't normal, but I'm telling you, God has a whole new normal. But if you want it and I want it and we want it, we have to strive for the new normal. And so we're going to dig back in today for a few minutes into the life of Matthew. And we're going to go right back to that same story where we find Matthew being caught out of the place that he had accepted as his calling and his career path where he was a tax collector, where he was... Uh, looked down upon by his entire community. He was considered worse than a sinner. Again, the place where he said, hey, how did I get here? And we're going to find out. He starts figuring out, now, how do I get there? But we're going to look not just in the gospel of Matthew. There are four gospels, if you're not aware, if you're new to the Bible. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The four gospels are basically the historical account of the life of Jesus told by four different viewpoints. And what we find is is that the the time and the moment in the life of Matthew where he's called from being a tax collector to being a disciple, we find that three of the four Gospels record that event, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And all three of them give like just little spins and little little perspectives that just vary. They're not contradictions. They're complementary details to the overall story. And so I want us to jump from Matthew's recording of his own calling to be a disciple, and I want you to watch this. Listen, listen, to, what, listen to what Luke says. Again, after Jesus shows up and calls him, it says this. And here's the question. How do you, how do you get there? How do you get there? I'm just, I just want you to know something. So Matthew, he, he settled for being a tax collector, but he had to strive to be a Christ follower. How did he get there? Are you ready? Luke chapter 5, verse 28, it says this. So Levi got up. He left everything, and he followed Jesus. If you're at home, I want you to say those three things. He got up, he left everything, and he followed Jesus. Nothing really profound here, but it is. Listen, first thing he did to get to the new normal, how do I leave where I am? How do I I get where I want to go? How do I get there? He got up. (laughs) Listen, I'm just telling you, you can't get where you're going until you leave where you are. Listen, you can't tackle the day until you get out of bed. You can't seize the moment until you get off the couch and put down the Cheetos. You can't leave a bad marriage until you start walking towards a good marriage. You can't be financially healthy until you walk away from bad financial habits. You can't get the relationship with God that God wants you to have until you let go of some of the things that are holding you back. Come on. You got to get up. You got to get up. 
You got to leave everything behind and you got to follow Jesus. Now, here's a question. What does it mean to leave everything? Well, you're going to find right away in a moment is this story of the calling of Matthew continues that Matthew still had a home. So following Jesus is not a call to desolation. Like he's not naked the next moment. But what does it mean? The Bible is clearly, it says like, hey, Luke records Matthew left everything. What is everything? Everything is anything that you once considered something and now realizes nothing. Let me say that again. When, 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 when he got called and he left everything, everything is anything that you once thought was something and now realizes nothing. See, sometimes we settle into a new normal and it just becomes normal. It's just who we are. It's just how I live. It's just who I am. And it's, it's your whole life and you're okay there. But I'm just telling you, there are moments in our lives, and I believe that this is happening through this series and through this season to all of us, that we look around and we realize, how did I get here? I'm not in a good place. And all of a sudden, what we considered valuable or important or unable to change, all of a sudden, man, we can leave that thing behind and we can go on to what God's called us to. And so it's this idea, this whole idea of leaving something behind. How do I get there? you got to leave here. That whole idea is found in this word that's littered throughout Scripture, this word repentance. Repentance. Repentance, if you're taking notes in, in the context of this, repentance is leaving your normal for God's normal. Like, I, I don't want what I had anymore. I want what God has for me. I don't want to live where I've been. I want to live where God has for me. I don't want to be who I used to be. I want to be who God created me to be. And so repentance is this idea of leaving some stuff behind. Ultimately, Matthew, he had, he had to leave what he used to choose to believe. He, he used to think, like, it's okay. Think about this. There was a time in Matthew's life, this is so crazy to me, that Matthew is sitting out at his, like, he had a, he had a sign out front, Matthew's tax collecting booth. And he got comfortable every day showing up, clocking in, sitting at his small business collecting taxes from his countrymen on behalf of Rome, and it just became second nature. He got comfortable robbing his own people. He, he compromised, and he got comfortable every day out on this road. And all of a sudden, he had to realize, hey, this isn't who I am. This isn't how I should live. This isn't what God wants for me. Again, all of a sudden, he started asking the question, how did I get here? And he all of a sudden, like, the next question, so how do I get there? And he had to realize, i got to change the way I'm thinking about who I am, which meant, again, there was some compromise. He had to strive to get from beyond where he was living. Like, he had to reach this place where he realized, hey, it's not okay to oppress my people on behalf of Rome. He had to get to this place, and this is worse, and some of you aren't going to like this. If you're going to figure out how to get where you're going, if you're going to answer the question, how do I get there, I want you to know sometimes it's going to cost you something. Because Matthew, he had to leave behind a financial wealthy lifestyle. It doesn't mean he was necessarily broke, but he had to leave the financial comforts of a calling and a career to go follow Jesus. And that was a sacrifice. What I'm telling you is that sometimes a lot of us, man, we use this word breakthrough. Y'all say breakthrough. 
Like, I want a breakthrough in my marriage. I want a breakthrough in my career. I want a breakthrough in my relationship with God. Like, we're looking to get out of where we are, to get where we're going. And I'm just telling you, we can't experience a breakthrough unless you let God break you. Which means sometimes God's got to strip some stuff from us and take some stuff from us. And it might feel unhealthy or hurtful in the moment. But we got to remember, I'm leaving where I was to get where I'm going. I'm leaving my old normal to go get my new normal. Come on, somebody. God's got a new normal. And we get so comfortable. I've been there. You've been there. Some of you watching this right now, you are there. Where you've just gotten comfortable. And you've just settled in. And I just believe with all of my heart that the season of settling is over and the season of striving is beginning. That Matthew walked away and he embraced. This is so big. Again, repentance is leaving your normal for God's normal. You know what's going to change your life and take you where you're going and where you want to be? Is realizing what God's normal is. Did you know God's normal is, is serving over being served? Did you know God's normal is generosity? over greed. Did you know God's normal is love over hate, is forgiveness over revenge, is following the leading of the spirit instead of the lusts of the flesh? Like God, the reason some of us are trapped where we don't want to be in an old normal and can't get to our new normal is because we're having a hard time putting our arms around what God's normal is. I'm telling you, when you embrace God's normal, you can walk away into a whole new life. How do I get there? I'm going to tell you this, man, this is, this is so powerful. I think the overall answer to the question, how do I get there, is right here. It's all about the call. It's all about the call. I'm, I don't know if anybody else, again, I'm, I'm being a little nostalgic going all the way back to pulling over, asking for directions. Let me just go down a little deeper down the nostalgic road. Any of you remember being a, a kid? Remember when you used to go out to play? Now, I know kids go to the rooms to play, and everybody's inside on digital devices, which is just part of, you know, part of the nature of where culture's at. But there was a time we used to actually go outside to play. And there were two ways to know when it was, when it was time to go inside. Anybody remember the two times? Number one is when the streetlights came on. Come on. Like, you just knew whatever you're doing, when the streetlights kicked on, it was time to go home. There was one other way you knew it was time to come home. And that's when one of your parents would stand at the door and they would call you home. Come on. And you would be three or four or five houses down, hanging out with your buddies, you know, doing your thing when you're eight, nine, ten years old. And then you would hear your mom. And my mom wouldn't call me Steve. Like, she would drop the whole double syllable. Steven, time to come home. And I'm just telling you, like, it's crazy, but it wasn't even a debate whether you were going home. If mom called you or dad calls you, you better come running because mom was calling me out of where I was to where I needed to be. And I'm telling you, it's all about the call. There's something, this is, y'all got to hear this. There is something that I believe that God requires of us that if we're going to get out of where we are and get where we're going, I believe God's called us to stop settling and start striving, which means God's going to require sacrifice from you. But here's the great news. It's not all up to you. It's all about the call. Because what initiated Matthew moving from being a tax collector to being a disciple was that Jesus came and called him. He called Matthew Come and follow me. I'm telling you, it's all about the call because the call of God is this call of authority where God calls you out of normalcy into a new normal. 
Think about the call of God. It was the call of God that called Abraham out of having no kids into being a nation. It was the call of God that called Moses out of the desert into being a deliverer. It was the call of God that called Gideon out of being a weakling into being a warrior. It was the call of God that caused David to stop feeding sheep and start killing giants. It was the call of God that called Peter to stop sitting in a boat and start walking on water. What I'm telling you is when you hear God's call on you, call you to a new place, call you to a new adventure, call you to a new life, call you to a new place of normalcy, it might feel too big and too far away and I'm not sure how to get there. I'm telling you God's call will activate something in you to open doors you can't open and get you to a place he's called you to go. Come on, it's all about the call. It's all about the call. And so that encourages me. I, I can tell you my own story. I've shared it so many times, but I'm amazed when I look at my life today because I know where I was. And what was normal to me, the person I was becoming, the person I had become, the life I was living, the habits I had developed as a teenager and through some adolescence that I had just embraced, I reached a place where I looked around and I said, how did I get here? And all of a sudden, I realized the life I was living, I didn't want to live anymore. And the person I had become, I didn't want to be anymore. And so a bigger question struck me, like maybe striking you right now, like, okay, well, how do I get there? And I'm just telling you, it's because my first step came when I answered the call. And I heard God calling me to surrender my life to him. I heard God calling me to get up, to leave everything, and to follow him. And I did that, exactly that. And I got up and I left some stuff behind. And I started following Jesus. And it started transforming my life. And it was far less than what I was doing and far more than what he was doing in me, through me, and for me. And I'm telling you, here I am. When I got saved at 17, and today I'm 48 years old, so in 31 years, I've come so far into where God wants me to be and has more to do with his power in my life and his grace for my life, but I still have to strive. This whole series, this whole series, the new normal, really has come out of the season we're living in. And so I believe everything I'm teaching today and everything you're hearing from watching at home about answering the question, how did I get here and how do I get there, I believe is relevant. It's relevant 20 years ago and there'll be relevant questions that need to be answered 20 years from now. But I want to just talk just for a minute about specifically the season we find ourselves See, again, this idea of me wrestling through what the new normal means, I really believe with all in my heart that God, God is calling us through COVID-19 to new normals. I believe with all in my heart that God is strategically using the struggles in the season we're in to do something profound in your life, in your family, in your calling, in our nation, and in our world. I believe God's called us. I mean, think about it. Think about just the things that have happened. We're in a place because of the quarantine and because of COVID and because of everything that's happening. All of a sudden, so many of the things that used to be so important and so valuable to us has now been stripped from us. Uh, and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying these are easy. Again, sometimes you got to strive and sometimes you got to sacrifice for the new normal. We've lost sports. And I don't mean just professional sports, but a lot of us, our entire lives 
and a large part of our finances was tied up in our children's sports. And I'm not saying that's bad. My, my son has played sports for years. But what I'm telling you, that it, is, it had become so important in our life that it was pulling some of you out of church. It was pulling some of your attention probably to an unhealthy direction. Some of us are careers. Come on, I want you to know I'm a hard worker. I dig in. I, I, I give it 110% all the time. But sometimes you can become, some, become so committed to a career you forget your creator. And some of us, man, we were so busy chasing the dollar and chasing the promotion and chasing the goals, and now that's gone. And all of a sudden, watch this, because of COVID-19 that, again, I believe with all of my heart, God is strategically using to set new normals. We find ourselves spending more time at home with our family. We find ourselves spending and giving less attention to our career and less time to sports and less money to the, uh, these other things. And again, at some point, those are going to normalize. But here's what I want you to know if you're a Christ follower. When culture normalizes, don't let yourself go back to the new normal. Keep living in the place that God's taking you to. See, I have to wonder, did, I wonder if Moses, or not Moses, Matthew, I wonder if Matthew, I wonder once he left his tax collecting booth to follow Jesus, I wonder if he ever wanted to go back. I think the answer is a pretty clear yes. Never tells us in the Gospels that Matthew wanted to go back, but it does tell us that Peter, who was a fisherman, went fishing again. It does tell us this guy by the name of Mark Luke, a young follower, he abandoned Paul on the mission field to go back home. Like there's, there's this thing when, when the nation of Israel, when God delivered them out of Egypt, for years they kept wanting to go back into what was comfortable. God had taken them from one place to another, from one normal to a new normal, and they kept wanting to go back. And I'm just telling you, hear me, some of you are going to want to go back to hectic lives, overspending, overinvestment in the wrong things, and you're going to miss the correction that God is trying to bring, I believe with all in my heart, to this world, to this nation, to your family, to your calling, and to Christ followers everywhere, that God's calling us to a new normal where he is our focus, he is our passion, he is our life, and we understand this life is short, people need Jesus, and we're going to live for the new normal of Christ. Come on. So I just think that's so much bigger. But again, the question I think we're wrestling with today is, again, how do, we, how do we get there? How do I get, how did I get here, but how do I get there? Again, it's so easy, it's so clear. You got to get up, you got to leave everything, and you got to follow Jesus. And you fast forward in the story of Matthew, and the very next verse tells us, once Matthew started following Jesus, this is so cool, watch this. Here's where it takes him, and I want to turn to Mark's account of the calling, and you can see the same thing happens. Jesus finds Matthew at his tax collector's booth, invites him to follow him. Uh, Matthew leaves everything, starts following Jesus, and all three authors record this same moment, but I want to look at Mark's account of what happens directly after that. Mark chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Verse 15 says this, later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples uh, to his home as dinner guests. So again, Matthew still had a house. He's now a follower of Jesus, but he invites Jesus and the other disciples over to hang out, right? They're about to have a cookout. Come on, somebody. I don't know if they have ribs, but I'm pretending they had ribs. They didn't have ribs, they're Jewish, but I'd have had ribs. Come on. <laughs> and it says, watch this. He didn't just, just invite Jesus and the disciples. This is important. He invited them as dinner guests 
along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. And there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Just real quick, I love it that Matthew wanted his friends to have the same encounter with Jesus that he had. I, I just, like that's what this journey's about, is that when you realize and you start asking yourself the question, how did I get here? And then you experience the grace of God and the goodness of God helping you to get there. Like I have found my whole life, I want to look back at other people that used to be where I was, and I want them to experience the Jesus I experienced so they can experience what I'm experiencing now. There is a peace, and there is a joy, and there is a love that this world can never give you. And I want that for my friends. Listen, if you're watching from Ohio, you're one of the first people I used to run with or hang out with or party with. Listen, if you know me and I know you, the greatest gift you can ever have isn't to be like me, but is to follow Jesus and to walk in a new normal of being his kid. I'm telling you, it'll change your life forever. And that's what Matthew wanted. He said, I just want to get, I just want to get Jesus and all my homeboys and homegirls in the same room. Like, I don't have to explain Jesus. I don't have to give a detail. If I can just get them to experience what I've experienced, they'll have a whole new normal too. Jesus isn't just for church people. He's for all people. Some of the worst of the worst were the people that were hanging out with Jesus. Watch this, verse 16, it keeps going. But when the teachers of the religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? You have to be careful of who you allow to define what normal is. See, sometimes when we're searching for what a new normal is, again, a lot of us have gotten us in a normal that's not normal because we've allowed culture to tell us that unhealthy families and broken marriages and strained relationship with kids and living in debt and having no relationship with God, we've allowed culture to tell us that's normal. And I'm telling you, when you're a Christ follower, you, got, you can't allow culture to define normal for you because culture will sometimes tell you what is treasure is trash and what is trash is treasure. These people are saying, these people are scum. Jesus was saying, no, 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 those are my followers and I'm taking them to a new normal. Be careful who you allow in your life to tell you what's normal and what's abnormal. And this last part, I got I to gotta give you this. So this says, and when Jesus heard this, when he heard the Pharisees' estimate and their opinion of who the people were hanging out with him, tax collectors and sinners, it says, when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they're sinners. See, Jesus, he's, he's dropping this thing on us again. Basically, here's what he's saying. He's saying, I, I, didn't, come, I didn't come for church people. I came for, I came for regular people. I didn't come for people that, that look at their life and say, no, Jesus, I'm good. Because if you don't realize you're broken, you'll never invite the healer. If you don't realize that you need help, you'll never invite the helper. If you don't realize you're a sinner, you'll never invite the Savior. And Jesus is saying, I've come for people who realize that their normal is abnormal. I've come for broken people who just can realize in the moment where I'm at's not where I need to be. Jesus is like, when I find people like that, I can take them where I want them to go. It's what's crazy is, especially in, I, I listened to a, a podcast today, again, on the COVID-19, and it was a doctor who was giving even more clear instructions in, in how to know when you should go to the hospital. And basically what he was saying is that a lot of hospitals are being overrun because 
as soon as people get body aches or as soon as they have a temperature or as soon as they, they have any kind of symptoms, they're running to the hospital. And he's saying people are, here's what he said, he said people are assuming they have COVID-19 and so they're running and basically they're backfilling uh, the hospital so they can't really help the people who need help. So what he said was this doctor who is serving in a hospital in New York right now, the heart of what's happening in our nation, he said, here's what you need to know. Here's when you come to the hospital. He said, don't come when you have aches and pains. Don't come when you have a temperature. Don't come when you have, he said, when you start being short of breath, that's when you need to go to the hospital. And it's funny because really the instructions he gave is something like we're all guilty of. It's, it's this idea we often misdiagnose when we self-diagnose, right? Anytime you try to sell, anytime you go to WebMD, you got cancer. I don't care what you got. We always think the worst. We go to WebMD and it's like, baby, we need to get the will in order. I don't think I'm going to live to Monday. Because we're not doctors, we need somebody with more authority than us. We need somebody with more training than us. We need somebody with more discerning, discernment than us to look at who we are in our situation and tell us really who we are. And I'm telling you, there is no person better than your creator and your savior. There is nobody with a greater perspective and nobody with greater perception than to look at us and tell us where we are, our current normal is abnormal, and what our new normal ought to be. And Jesus said, if you don't allow me to point out what's abnormal in your life, if you keep defending your brokenness, if you keep justifying your hurt, if you keep saying my sin's okay, if you keep saying I don't care if my marriage is broken, if you keep justifying your life, then you put yourself outside of the ability of God to come and change your life. But when you recognize I'm a sinner, you know what a sinner is? A sinner is somebody who realizes they're living an abnormal normal. That's a sinner. I'm just not where I need to be. I've embraced and accepted a life this should be unacceptable. And when you realize that with his help and you call out to him, it's all about the call. Jesus will step in and he will be a doctor to the sick and he'll be a savior to the sinner. And he will start moving you into a brand new normal. So Last thing that I think is so cool about the story of Matthew is, again, is you move through this, and maybe you caught it. I didn't point it out on purpose. But again, Matthew 9, as Matthew records and remembers his calling of being called from being a tax collector to being a disciple, out of settling, to striving, he says this, that he recounts his own story as Matthew. He calls himself Matthew. I don't know if you caught it, but Mark and Luke both say it was Levi. This is so big. Not to, they're not talking about two different people. Levi, that was his original name. But he eventually got a new name, Matthew. That happens oftentimes in Scripture when people have an encounter with God and an encounter with his grace. Oftentimes, God gives them a new name. Right? We see this over and over, right? Like Abram gets a name change to Abraham. Jacob gets a new name, Israel. Uh, uh, Simon gets a new name, Peter. Saul gets a new name, Paul. You may not be familiar with those, but basically it's this idea that when you, when you start following Jesus, like he just starts giving out new names. And here's why. Watch this. This is so powerful. Because Matthew, his original name was Levi, which is what Mark and Luke call him. Because they're saying before he left, when he was back in his old normal, he was Levi. He didn't become Matthew until he got to his new normal. Now watch. 
The word Levi, the name Levi, because every name means something in Scripture. The name Levi means associated with. It means joined to. Think about this. When you think, uh, if, I was, if I were to say, hey, tell me about somebody that you think is trustworthy. You would immediately associate trustworthy with a few names. If I were to say, tell me, tell me somebody you know that's lazy, you could probably associate laziness with a few names. Right? I mean, whatever, whatever verb or whatever adjective I threw out, you could associate that with a person. Basically, what God's Word's trying to tell us in the name change between Levi becoming Matthew is at one point in his life, he was associated with something. You know what he was associated with? He was associated with being a curse. He was a curse on his own nation. Here he is working on behalf of Rome, again, leveraging oppression and taxes on his own people. He was a curse. His family thought he was a curse. His friends thought he was a curse. Everybody that knew him, when they thought of Levi, the association was, he's a curse. And then he left where he was, and he started following Jesus. And he got a name change. And his name change went from Levi to being Matthew. Do you know what Matthew means? It means the gift of God. It meant he went from being a curse to God's people to being a gift from God. From a curse to a gift, which tells me, and this is so big as I end this series today, the new normal. See, again, when I, when I ask the questions and as you wrestle through them, how did I get here and how do I get there? A lot of times we think it's about a location. If you're taking notes, last thing, this is so big, watch this. He doesn't want to just take you to a new place. He wants to make you a new person. See, when you become a new person, that's everything. Because if you don't become a new person in a new place, you'll bring the old place into the new place. And all of a sudden, everything changes. But when God changes you on the inside, as you walk in life, everything around you changes. And so I just want to challenge all of us. Man, I know, again, it's so easy in life to, to, to let our guard down, to take our cues from culture. I know it's so easy just to acclimate to easy new normals. I know it's easy just to accept what's happening around us, just to allow unhealthiness in our marriage, in our homes, in our families, in our finances, again, I relate all those things. And then to figure out like, okay, when you realize you don't want to be there, how do I get there? You realize I got to strive. I got to fight for that. I got to start making some, I have to leave everything. But you're not in it alone. Again, man, I'm telling you, it's all about the call. If you're hearing God call you, I'm telling you, with the call comes the grace not just to get to a new place, but to be a new person. And that changes everything. And so if you want to get there, if you want to know the answer to the question, how do I get there? You got to get up. You got to leave everything. And you have to follow Jesus. And so I want to, I want to pray with you, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever your new normal has become, and you're ready for a new normal from God. I just want to believe that his call is going to meet you right where you are, wherever you're watching, whatever device you're live streaming on, that his presence is going to come right into that room. And you're going to sense the call of God and you're going to feel the grace of God move you in a brand new direction. And so if you're there and you're like, Pastor, I need that. I need God to, I need God to shift me. I need God to move me. I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for, God, again, the example of the story and the life of Matthew, how a man was called 
from a life of compromise, from something he settled in that should have never been okay, to being one of your premier disciples that you use profoundly to change the world. And that story is an example to us that, God, if we will look at our lives and realize there are some things that we've settled in that should be unacceptable, there are some normals that should, should not be normal. But, God, if we will hear your call to health and life and joy, if we'll hear your call to purpose, to a healthy marriage, to a strong family, to a committed relationship with you. God, if we'll hear your call, God, that'll change everything. So I pray every person watching, every person listening, God, give us, give us the grace and the strength to get up, to leave everything, and to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, just before we tune out, I want to make sure whoever you are, wherever you're watching from, that you'll hear the first call which is just to follow Jesus. Ultimately, being a Christ follower doesn't mean you're perfect. doesn't even mean at this point that God's calling you to a church building. Just follow Jesus. If you have questions, follow Jesus long enough. He'll answer them. And so if you're here, the Bible makes it so clear that all of us need Christ. All of us need a Savior because all of us are sinners. And when you recognize that Jesus is the one who showed up 2,000 years ago, who lived the life we could never live, who died the death we should have died, to give us grace, life, and forgiveness. When you put your faith in who he is and what he's done, it changes everything. The Bible says if you'll confess out of your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and you'll believe in your heart that he died for you and he rose from the dead, that you're saved and you become one of God's kids. And so if you're watching this and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never experienced his life-transforming grace, I want to lead you in one more prayer. And so if that's you, or maybe one time you were serving Christ, and maybe because of the hecticness of life, because of a normal you embraced, like you just lost your way, man, today you want to recommit your life to Jesus. Wherever you are, I want you to pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for coming to be my Savior, to die on the cross for my sin. I put all of my hope in you. Come into my life, forgive me of my sin, and help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, somebody. Hey, man, we celebrate with so many of you. Listen, we're getting testimonies every week of people experiencing life change and people experiencing Jesus and the hope that he brings. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time or you prayed it as a prayer of rededication, can I ask you to take out your smartphone and text ALIVE, A-L-I-V-E, to 97000. Again, text ALIVE to 97000. You'll get a text, and you'll get a text every day for five days. That's it. And each day we'll give you some information that will help you to follow Jesus just like Matthew did, just like I'm doing, and just like countless people around this world are doing. It'll help you in your journey. God bless you guys, man. Look forward to seeing you back next week.